Metricast. Fortunately, running a business is the ultimate development tool, both personal and professional development. So learning by doing and rolling up your sleeves is great. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Welcome back to another episode of the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. Our guest today is Dr. Lance Knob. At one point, Lance was a burned out entrepreneur, but he overcame those challenges and ultimately built a seven-figure multi-office physical therapy company. Now he is helping entrepreneurs find balance between running a business and having a healthy personal life. In this episode, we chat about how to avoid burnout using Lance's unique methods, how self-care and entrepreneurship can coexist, and the power behind strategic action for your business. I love how Lance's desire is to help business owners have a healthy work-life balance. This is such an important topic. Let's chat with Lance now. Hey, Lance, thanks for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me here, Tyler. Yeah, it's great to have you. Hey, I always like to start with uh, sharing a little bit about you. Can you, you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Well, you know, Tyler, I'm going to get right into it. I am a husband, father of three, and an entrepreneur. And really, my biggest message and passion stems from a time in my life in 2011 when we had three offices, about 30 employees, and we just had our third child, my wife and I. So we had three children under the age of four. And I was absolutely abusing my body. I'm trained as a physical therapist, as a personal trainer. We had a physical therapy and personal training business. That was one of our differentiating factors. And despite all that knowledge and all those things, I was not sleeping enough and not exercising and just completely pushing my my body into the red. And my body revolted and stopped working. And my gastrointestinal system, my digestive system stopped me in my tracks. And fortunately, it was only temporary problems, but it obviously, you know, I had to pick myself up and uh, I was able to power through that and uh, build a freestanding business and develop our best people and take on some of them and partners and uh, do a lot of exciting things with coaching and consulting that we're going to speak about. But my passion is helping entrepreneurs stay healthy while they're scaling their business and creating a freestanding business that's healthy. And what that means to me is they're paying themselves commensurate for the roles they have. They have double digit profitability and they have a little bit of a life along the way. Yeah. So that that's, was one of the questions I was going to ask you, what does freestanding mean? Now, what does a little bit of a life mean? Like what would be your expectation in terms of getting... Obviously, there's stages, but once you're in, in the stage of where you have a freestanding situation... Sure. Well, you know, uh, I mentioned in our pre-talk, John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneurs on Fire is someone I really emulate and a mentor of mine. And, you know, what he did so special is in his startup phase, right? He definitely put in some some hard work and, you know, more than standard work week. However, he was able to very quickly, about one year, 12 or 13 months, then flip the switch and really 
work listen to the point now where he works literally four days a month, right? And he's in the podcast industry. So he does many interviews and batches them. So let's just acknowledge that maybe in the startup phase, you really have to grind, right? In Gary Vee's words. However, I do think you have to have a, a plan to get beyond that. So I think what I believe is step one is really getting introspective and deciding what's most important to you. And that's the first chapter of my book. It's the first step of what I call my jolt process, which is a fast and functional business plan. So it's your personal mission, your cause, your reason, your why. And you have to know that. And, and really then all your other you know, business and life planning decisions build on that. Because I just finished reading The Gap and the Gain by uh, Dan Sullivan and, and Benjamin Hardy as a psychologist. And you know, there's many, many entrepreneurs who achieve success and are unfulfilled and unhappy. Yeah, that's so true. So I want to back up a little bit. So you have this life event, I'll call I'll call it, where it's kind of an awakening, like, hey, I'm just not doing the right... I mean, you may have a successful business, but if you don't have your health, we all know that doesn't do you any good having a successful business. So then you decide, is this how you build your system? Like your book, by the way, The 4% Breakthrough, a great book. It's very, very well-rounded. It's not just about how to build a great business. It's how to build a great life. How did this all come about? Like, Kind of take me through... There must have been a learning phase of when you kind of hit that wall. Can you walk through like what, what was your plan? How did you get... How did you know how to develop a, a leadership team so that you now could have a different life? I think probably to sum it up um, simplest, it, you know... For all the entrepreneurs who are listeners, fortunately, running a business is the ultimate development tool, both personal and professional development. So learning by doing and rolling up your sleeves is great, right? You probably can't have zero skill or background. Things probably aren't going to go well. And I had very little. I didn't have any formal business training, right? I was a physical therapist. Fortunately, I had some mentors that helped keep me from, you know, gave me some guide rails and some good, you know, good counsel early on. And prevented you know my wife and I from going off a cliff, but I think that you need to start doing once you have a certain level of skill and knowledge, and then you know you need to look at those all those we won't call them mistakes, but all those you know actions you're taking and measuring as you know as lessons learned and keep moving forward. And then I'm a massive advocate of really creating a bigger plan. So you're not just trapped in the day-to-day and you're trying to connect those two. So every day you're connecting your to your week, to your month, and, and even your vision planning, right? You really need to know what success looks like at the end so you can try to reverse engineer that. So um, I guess to answer your question, you know, I was lucky to have mentors and one of my mentors taught me the business planning process so we started doing that pretty early on with our business breakthrough physical therapy and fitness and we got better and better at that and you know part of that was really developing our best people along the way so um you know i kind of align with marcus lemonis from the profit people process product right but people even being more important than your systems and processes Right, right. And so you got this team around you that you trusted and they trusted you. And then what was the ultimate... You exited to some degree. Did you fully exit your business or partially exit? I can't recall. Yeah. So so the exciting thing in 2011, when I really had this awakening moment, and then I, I continued to develop myself personally, that's sort of step one. And, and basically, I put my book process, The 4% Breakthrough, 
to share everything that I learned. And then I really d- continue to develop business fundamentals, you know, a, a framework and processes, position description, a business plan, even a skills gap analysis. That's all sort of step two. And then lastly, weaving in actionable, you know, health and lifestyle into that so that we're taking better care of ourselves, our, our mental health, nutrition, sleep, exercise, posture. So by doing all those things, I was developing our team. And in 2018, after several years of you know, work and grooming, one of our, our people, we had taken on some of our best people as equity partners in, I guess, 2015. But in 2018, one of our partners took over the CEO role of our business. So, so that was definitely an opportunity then for me to figure out what the heck I was going to do. And that's when I started doing some coaching and consulting. And then even more recently, we partnered with a bigger organization just last year in November. We partnered with... A, there was a company in Northern New Jersey that had partnered with private equity and they were looking for the best platform in Southern New Jersey. And fortunately, that was us. And um, you know, we partnered with uh, Twinboro who had partnered with Beekman Private Equity. So I want to dig down on that whole term burnout. It comes up in you know with clients. It comes up in podcast conversations a lot. Why do you think like business owners get burned out? I mean, is it because they don't know what to do? They don't. They're not focusing on the right things at a given time. And what what's your thought process behind that whole burnout world? Yeah, this is really an important topic, and you know something I'm so passionate about with the book. And really, you know, I'm organizing a, a TEDx talk on this topic. It can call you know the burnout breakthrough, and you know I, I think that most entrepreneurs compromise you know some of the basics and some of the fundamentals, right? We don't really protect our most important things, you know, whatever they may be. When we decide whether it's ourself and kind of the oxygen mask concept, or whether it's our family, you know, and our partner, or spouses, right? I, I joined this group last year called Abundance, which um, is really amazing. You know, a lot of the bigger pockets guys are, are in there. And I've seen a pattern, even with 800 entrepreneurs, a lot, of, a lot of separations and divorces, like really, you know, quote, successful people compromising the, you know, maybe the most important person in their life. So yeah, so I think people aren't really deciding what's important to them and then and creating some, some boundaries and creating a plan because it's easy just to, to... We're so committed to our businesses and we're generally all in and you know whenever something else has to go has to happen right we just give up the easiest thing which often is sleep so yeah that's kind of my answer we're not organized enough don't have a framework don't have a plan say yes way too often got it now your book the 4% breakthrough what does 4% can you help, help me understand what where does the 4% fit in sure yeah the this is from Michael Gerber, the author of The E-Myth, right? And he has said so eloquently that you know 80% of businesses fail in the first five years. And he's like, however, don't get too excited if you're not 20% because 80% of that 20% is going to fail in the next five years. So if you actually do the calculation, it's 96%, which you know the studies vary on the exact numbers of business survivalship, but it is, it's fairly accurate. Do you attribute that 96% failure, 4%? that do make it, do you think a lot of that ties back to being burned out and maybe not doing the right things? Or is it lack of business knowledge? What's your thought process on that? Great question. I think it's there's so many factors and so many variables. However, I did try with the book process to, to make it a step-by-step solution because I, I really do think that 
step one is your personal development, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's Jim Rome has made a statement, right? You'll never succeed beyond the level of your you know, personal development. So I really think you have to work on yourself first. And then of course you're working on your professional skills, you know, and that blends in. And then you have to weave in these lifestyle you know, changes. You can't do zero exercise. That's going to catch up to you. You can't sleep four hours a night. That's going to catch up to you. You can't ignore your nutrition, right? You have zero energy. That's not going to go well. So this is a two-part question. How does a business owner find that kind of life business balance? And how long can it take to get there, like in your opinion? So let's say someone comes in, they're burnout, they're overwhelmed, they're, they're short number of hours they're sleeping each night. They're not eating very well, probably not exercising. So you're going to help them or we're going to help them get things cleaned up. What do you think is a reasonable time frame to start to see progress? And then what is that balance? What is a healthy balance? Right. Well, I think to answer the last part of your question, the healthy balance depends on that person at that time in their life. So it's going to be customized. You know, one of my mentors, Mimi Jacobs, when she was helping me with Breakthrough, we were collaborating on our, our best people and our team. And, you know, we would see the difference when someone was, you know, before they had children and when they had children and their balance was different at different times. And, and we had to listen, right? As leaders, we have to be great listeners and listen to that, respect that. So I think that that's unique and, and will vary. As far as how long it takes to make changes, that's a terrific question as well. And I think it depends on you know, people have to internalize the information, right? They have to be coachable and they have to make the changes. And, you know, yourself and myself, right? We, we try to be the best coaches we can. And um, I'm thinking of so many examples, even recent examples. I'm working with an executive at a fintech company, a financial tech company, you know, a nine-figure company I, I mentioned to you. They, you know, HR recognized this is a rising star and he was having physical problems and they wanted help for him. And, in the last three weeks that we've been working together, I was actually getting frustrated because people can schedule on, on their schedule and he couldn't even create the time to meet. We met once and then we couldn't even follow up and it's been a disaster. Now we just did it our second meeting and I saw a lot of learning and a lot of progress. And he came to the meeting saying that now I've recognized that I'm going to protect my schedule and I'm even putting these buffers in there, like time for myself that people don't know exactly what it is. And, (laughs) you know, so therefore he can protect it. So I've seen enough learning now from him in three weeks that I'm encouraged that he's coachable and we can make some progress. I'm thinking about, you know, an eight-figure CEO that I, when I first started working with them, they carried their gym bag all week long and they only had time to exercise during the week. You know, they didn't have a plan for their life and they've kind of had a little bit of a roller coaster up and down on their progress. But, you know, we actually met today and they're trending in the right direction. So some of that's unique. It's some of it depends on our, you know, how disciplined we are and um, how much we can follow through, right? We're all students. We're always learning. Hey, this is Tyler. Oftentimes, business owners and entrepreneurs hire me because they are stuck. Their business is stuck. They've hit a wall and can't take their business to the next level. And they're frustrated. When I grew my second business, it took me a while to get the pieces to fit. But once they did, the business scaled fast. In fact, it grew to 25 million in annual revenue and ultimately sold for eight figures. So I decided to put together a roadmap for scaling a business. I wanna help stuck business owners that wanna scale, but are having challenges. It's called the Scale in Five Roadmap. And you can get a copy by doing the following. 
text the number 55444 and type the word SCALE and hit send. A copy of the roadmap will be sent to your inbox. So some of that's unique and some of it depends on our, you know, how disciplined we are and um, how much we can follow through, right? We're all students. We're always learning. Yeah. I chuckle at that blocked calendar thing. That's a true story. I'm not going to name names. I used to work for a company and I used to block my calendar because it was a company that used to like do tons of meetings. Like they would fill your calendar with meetings if you let them. So I'd block my calendar. So actually there were several people that did it in the, on the executive team. And, uh, they got kind of wise to it, the CEO and the second in command and said, well, we want you to actually show us what the appointment... Because it can say busy. You can show it so it doesn't tell you what you're doing. So we right. want to see exactly what you're blocking your calendars for. So I I was the only one in the group that didn't change. Like I, I showed it to him. I didn't care. But it still said, I'm not taking meetings with the subject title. You know, it, Needless to say, I... I ended up leaving shortly thereafter, but... Well, good for you for holding your ground <laughs> and setting your boundaries, right? And being strategic and knowing yeah. in advance, you know, you had to do that for the right reason. You had to prioritize your priorities. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's interesting how organizations themselves can be very dysfunctional and disorganized. And that's even, you know, and, and if a business owner is that way, oftentimes that's what they're doing to their staff too. There's a high probability. So it's like this kind of almost like it just feeds off itself into a really bad... The business owner has a bad you know, personal life structure. It's a good chance that's feeding into their staff and they're causing that same thing to their staff. thousand percent, for sure. And yeah. you know, with this fintech company and even just this other CEO, yeah, we have to get to the top. And sometimes right when we're coaching people that aren't you know, the CEO or the, the ultimate leader, they do have to coach up like this fintech executive. His supervisor is totally supportive of him getting some coaching and wants him to be working more on the strategic work and not in the day-to-day and not in the weeds. And in his words, right, all the employees at this more or less startup are getting thrashed, right? They are getting crushed and they're not going to survive. It's not sustainable. They're all burning out at a record rate. So, um, you know, he his supervisor is texting him and reaching out at sort of unusual hours when it is more emergent and urgent, which is good. But I guess the challenge that we, this person and I agreed to is, okay, let's get a little more proactive and have less fires. So there are less situations like that. But at least this leader, because other organizations, right, they're sending emails around the clock. So that person really, it is hard when your leader is not, you know, in the same mindset, right? And not leading by example. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So in your book, you cover uh, the 4% breakthrough um, and then the subtitles. 96% of small business owners fail within 10 years. Entrepreneurs outlast the 96%. Avoid burnout and create the life you love. So kind of a long subtitle, but a good one, a powerful one. What is that balance? Like, I want to dig, and you've kind of answered this a little bit, but I want to dig a little bit more. Is part of it business planning to get better life planning or do they kind of work together? Like, hey, you should plan out your life and plan out your business. How does that... Like, where does that order of priority work? Because what I get a lot is clients will say to me, oh my gosh, I can't go to Johnny's baseball game. Then I won't be able to deliver this to the customer. My staff won't be able to deliver this to the customer. I won't be available. All these different excuses. How does that all work? Like, where's where's the line and how do you... What's the priority and when? Yeah. So we did touch on this. And, you know, Michael Gerber from the author of The E-Myth would say, you need to build a, a business that supports your life and not the other way around. And in... um 2018, when I started working with entrepreneurs and uh, doing some coaching and consulting, I wanted to pay it forward and, and extend um, business planning to people because fortunately, I had been mentored in a traditional approach. 
But with Breakthrough, I'd spent 40, 80, 120 hours. And even with my my coaching company, Denali, I had a 50-page business plan. And it was it wasn't usable for a solopreneur. It was too much and it just wasn't practical. So over time, I realized it took me until 2020 to, to innovate. And I boiled the process down, the business planning process into a two-hour process. And the only step that I actually added was what we already spoke about, this personal mission, step one. And it's interesting, even when I do this with entrepreneurs, they want to jump straight to step two, which is their company mission and reason and talk about that, but they really don't think about themselves and what's important there. So I think that is, you know, really a critical step to, you know, decide what's important to you and then to build off of that. So and to answer your question, really, this jolt process is the solution to what you're you're asking about. And I've actually kind of evolved the name from a jolt business plan to a jolt business and life plan. And really it probably should be flipped to a life and business plan because again, we're creating step one that you know, cause, reason, all the priorities in our life. And I've actually cross-checked this step one with John Lee Dumas's, um, you know, input. I have people like list their top five or 10 priorities in their life to see if that matches up with the words and their personal mission. And then step two, yeah, we, we really decide what their organization, their the heart and soul, the reason, the cause of their company is and declare that. And that's outwardly facing to the world. And then we move on to their vision, really try to force them to think about the end goal of finished product. And people really struggle with this, right? Most people, it's easy to kind of say financial, lifestyle, geographic freedom, but really do they want to be a CEO for X amount of time? Do they want to build something and keep it and have legacy? They want to build something and sell it. They want to be brick and mortar, non-brick and mortar. You know, really it's a lot of fun to help people, you know, figure this out, especially, you know, entrepreneurs and CEOs that are that are really the decision makers and the visionaries. And then we kind of boil it down to a one-year plan and, and look at their strategy and objectives and kind of toggle back and forth on those on a 12-month, one-year plan. And uh, actually, uh, excuse me, prior to that, we're going to decide their targets. You know, who is their target segment you know, or, or their niche, their avatar, whatever words you, you want to use, and then the strategy and objectives. And then one simple step, really deciding critical success factors, what things, if you don't put on the table, you will fail. So for me with physical therapy, for example, if we lost our insurance contracts, we would fail tomorrow. We're just not, you know, positioned to be concierge or boutique, you know, for people to pay out of their pocket. You know, solopreneurs, like their health, right? There's nobody to back them up if they lose their health. So those are some examples. And then once you've gone through each of these steps, and only then do you take actions that line up with each one of those lenses or steps. You know, because one of the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs make is jumping straight to action. Yeah, we're always excited straight to just get into the nitty gritty and kind of pass the whole thing of laying out the plan. And am I even doing the right thing right now? For sure. Yeah, that's a common one. And then you really, the one iterative step is like measuring, right? Even when you do take these actions that line up with all the steps, you know, measuring it so you can then decide what's working and what's not working and, you know, measuring it to the profit level. So I want to talk about, before we wrap up here, I have a few more things. One, I'd like to talk about a little bit more about what you do. You've mentioned coaching. Love your book. Book is great. Where does the coaching fit in? Like, who do you typically work with? Who's your ideal client? Yeah. So I really, you know, love to serve the, I spoke about at the beginning, an entrepreneur with a six-figure business who's feeling overwhelmed, overstressed, feels like they might be burning out and really wants to achieve that seven-figure milestone and to you know, create a healthy business. It's actually an asset. 
so they can decide to keep it or sell it. And, you know, they want to build a freestanding leadership team, which, you know, we've been touching on and has been a lot of fun for me and get paid along the way, right? So I'm really an advocate of that profit first, Michael McCallowitz approach, where, you know, even though on your taxes, it won't be exactly like this, but you should... The entrepreneurs deserve to get paid for the roles they have in the business. And that profit is beyond that. And it's got to be, you know, healthy double-digit profitability depending on your industry. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that, you know, just making sure you're paying yourself adequately is so important. I sometimes have clients come to me. In fact, I had a client come to me this a while ago and she was running her financials off a whiteboard. And uh, really didn't know. I mean, I'm kind of saying that a little bit tongue in cheek, but she had no idea what her business was making. And one of my questions was, well, how much are you taking out of the business? She said, well, I haven't taken any money out of the business. And I mean, it's a hobby at that point in my mind almost, right? Like if you're you're putting an effort into the business, you're working hard at it and you're not get, reaping any rewards out of it, even if you don't need it. Sometimes clients say, well, I really don't need it. We need to get compensated. Like there are tax reasons even beyond that. There's just psychological reasons, I feel too. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. You're really making me think. And with your accounting background, because it's definitely in the early years of our business, we really left a lot of the profits in the business. But again, these were lessons learned. And there were many days, weeks, months, even a full year where I didn't get paid. And again, this is why I want to help other people learn yeah. from my mistakes and my pain and suffering to get paid along the way. So no, I would agree with that. Yeah. Awesome. So, hey, I got a couple more things. One, I'd always love to ask if you have a business or life tip that you can share with us that we can apply and hopefully make things better. Yeah. Probably the biggest tip would be to take strategic action. You often hear the recommendation for entrepreneurs just to take action, right? And just like we talked about in this short framework of jumping straight to the action, take some time to do some introspective worth both for yourself and on the business and and then break that down to a month, a week, and a day and make sure it all lines up so you're actually taking strategic action. And then also create some boundaries for yourself. Create what I call a success schedule. It's uh, you know chapter five in, in my book, The 4% Breakthrough. And it's where the rubber meets the road. After you've done all this introspective work, it's where you commit to it. You put it on paper so that you are making time and prioritizing your priorities. You're making enough time to sleep. You're carving out time to exercise. You're carving out time for your most important relationships. You're carving out time for yourself. That may be your number one. You know, you, you'll decide if you resonate with that oxygen mask approach, but make time for your non-negotiables because if you know, as we already talked about, right? For example, with your health, if you compromise your health, you know, really what do you have if you've created some, you know, even financial success and um, not around to enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. That's great stuff. That's really, really good one. Hey, so your website, DenaliConsultingTeam.com slash resources. The audience can go there. You got a lot of goodies there, worksheets, things they can help themselves. It's DenaliConsultingTeam.com slash resources. Is there anywhere else where you'd like, and also put this in the show notes, is there anywhere else you'd like people to reach out to you if they want to interact with you? For sure. At that uh, resources, you can have the companion guide to the book, which is really the steps in the book without all the stories. So please check that out, follow the processes. There's a pre-assessment and a post-assessment. So hopefully you've made some progress. Also, DenaliConsultingTeam.com forward slash strategy. You can have a PDF of this jolt process that I've described. And if you go ahead and roll up your sleeves and take a first cut at the work, I will give you a complimentary uh, 20-minute meeting to help you fill in the gaps on a, a life and business plan for yourself. So I'm happy to do that. And yeah, I'm a 
my email at drlancenob at denaliconsultingteam.com on socials at drlancenob on LinkedIn, Instagram. And yeah, those would be the best places. I'd love to connect with anyone who um, needs some help and especially is kind of feeling overwhelmed, overstressed, and just really doesn't know where to go. Perfect. And then Nob, I'll of course put this in the show notes, K-N-A-U-B, K-N-A-U-B, Lance Nob. And Dr. Nob is your uh, primary, it sounds like social media lead that you go with, which is awesome. So I'll put that in there. And I I am just super excited to have talked with you. I think you've got a lot to offer people. It's fun to hear your journey of success and now that you're helping people. So thank you so much. Absolutely, Tyler. And it's absolute pleasure being here today. And also, you know, I love hearing your journey of success, you know, pivoting from a traditional accountant to, you know, paying it all forward with other entrepreneurs. So I'm just as inspired uh, hanging out with you. Well, thank you, Lance. Have, Have a good one. And I'll talk with you again soon. Awesome. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.